back to the Prehistoric Life podcast. I'm your host, Eric Crawford, and today, as you can see, we have another interview with Fossils and Dinos from Instagram. That is their Instagram account. Please go check it out. They have a lot of amazing content, so please go check it out. Would you like to introduce yourself? Well, thanks uh, first for having me on the show. Um, my name is uh, Peter Jan, or PJ in short, more easily uh, uh, to talk. Um, well, I'm uh, passionate about fossils uh, since I was a kid, and uh, now I have my own uh, Fossils and Dinos premium collection, which means I buy and often sell also parts of my uh, fossil collection in order to keep up and uh, keep buying new special fossils, which is necessary, sadly, <laughs> to sell some. You got to sell to make a profit to get some more. So exactly. Win yeah, one, get the better ones, yes. Yep. Lose one, win two. So. Yeah, exactly. That's the way it works. I mean, yeah. it always sucks to have to sell that because it becomes part of your family because you just like, oh, yeah. it's not something that's been seen for millions of years and but, it's in my possession. And then you're like, I have to give it away. Exactly. That's uh, like having something special. And uh, when you have those fossils with you, when you see, when you look at them, when you feel them, you touch them, you feel the history about them. And it, it's always with pain and with a little bit heartbreak yeah, when I have to sell something, but it is necessary, yeah. So, one of the most basic questions that I start out mm -hmm. with in every interview, what is your favorite dinosaur? <laughs> I knew the question was coming. So, um, I've been thinking about that uh, a long time. Um, I think that is still a very hard question to answer for me because um, there are so many types and, and kinds of dinosaurs. Um, Due to the, the Jurassic Park franchise, uh, we were all introduced with uh, T-Rex, which is an, uh, an amazing dinosaur, but um, don't get me wrong, <laughs> maybe it's a bit hyped. I definitely feel that too. Yeah, and that that, too. because I know a lot of people who don't know a lot of uh, the other dinosaurs because they are only in their minds with T-Rex. Uh, I don't mind about that, but, but there are so many others, like uh, the avian dinosaurs, like the, the the gap between the birds and the dinosaurs, which in fact means that the birds these days, we, we look outside, there are dinosaurs, they are still living. And a lot of people don't know that. I mean, so to answer your question, um, what is your favorite dinosaur? I would say uh, Psittacosaurus. Hmm. Uh, it's it's quite it's quite a common uh, commonly found, but uh, yeah, you can see it on my uh, my Instagram. Um, that's one of the fossils I have myself, and um, it's been prepared by two paleontologists uh, in a dynamic position. And that's one of the fossils I probably won't sell for a long time or maybe never. So um, that's, uh, yeah, it's, it's one of the first ceratopsians. Uh, it's one of the, yeah, the ancestors of the triceratops, which everybody knows. I mean, yeah, I mean, there are very few dinosaurs that I feel are known by the public. public. Wow, can't speak. So, I mean... <laughs> 
of course you have things like Triceratops and T Rex and Velociraptor, which has been horribly yeah. <laughs> represented just in the name. <laughs> Jurassic Park. But a very few people are gonna be like, Oh, well, you know, Albertosaurus or Concavenator or Crylophosaurus. You can be like, What is that? Yeah. That's personally why I got into podcasting because I'm like, I've got all these dinosaurs and all of these crazy beasts that mm-hmm. we don't know about. And it's kind of why I started just writing them, writing down about them because there's too many, yeah. too many to remember just by head. So Definitely. I just like, well, those are two famous ones. So let's go to some lesser famous ones. <laughs> uh, we'll go here. Like, how many people are you going to walk up and can name Dylong or mm-hmm. Dragonator? I mean, yeah, exactly. It's like something like that. So I'm like, I'm going to talk about those, the less known dinosaurs. So, I mean, the first couple of episodes were very just like, here's T-Rex, here's Triceratops. I'm going to hook some people, get them in, keep them. Um, <laughs> and then I, I've kind of don't want to say torn away from that because I still do talk about those a little bit, but I've started talking about the lesser known dinosaurs and even like whenever I do talk about them, it's usually in comparison to something else, mm-hmm. which is why I like putting that out there. That's like, well, here's this one dinosaur that like nobody really knows about. And let's talk about that one instead of T-Rex for the 50,000th yeah. time. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Because I, I've, everybody wants like a T. Rex fossil, uh, but uh, same as as I do. But uh, <coughs> sorry, but um, it's good that you talk about those who are uh, less common or less known by the public, um, so they can learn more more about uh, the other fossils and the other uh, types of dinosaurs, because that's very important. Um, most people just know the the, the, the dinosaurs because of uh, Jurassic Park, which is a good thing, but there's so much more than that. I mean, I will give Jurassic Park, it did bring dinosaurs into the spotlight a lot more. Yeah. They were they were known before that, but it wasn't like a household thing as much. Yeah. Granted, I wasn't alive yeah. before that, so I don't really know. Exactly. And- it's as you say, they were not very accurate in uh, Jurassic Park, but the other side, it is a movie. It, it needs that effect of uh, like a bit of monsters. Um, like, because they were not very scientific, they they used the fact that they were manipulating the DNA strings. But in the end, you get like, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's. it's there are more monsters in the end than real dinosaurs, and that's what was a little bit of a yeah. I didn't like that. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad that you yeah. brought up that they weren't as like scientifically accurate. Well, I mean, for the time, they were fairly accurate for as we knew them. Yeah, I mean, we exactly. thought T-Rex had was this giant scaly monster. Yeah. We didn't know that it had feathers. So, I mean, yeah, I, I have to agree. Um, it's uh, it's well the the evolution uh, of science and finding new fossils and finding uh, 
imprints of skin and study dolls and uh, even the feathers. Um, I think that's, yeah, it, it, it's, it's, uh, it's amazing how it's evolved uh, in the last couple of 10 years. So um, we know so much more and there's so much more to discover. And yeah, I think uh, scientists and people all over the world should have more access to fossils uh, in the field. Um, because I also know uh, from certain paleontologists that uh, certain areas, uh, it's very difficult to find fossils or not to find them, but to handle them or to take them out, by example, in the United States, but also in Asia or Russia. Um, by example, in Africa, I think there's so much more to uh, discover and probably very close to the surface. And the thing is, it's just er eroding down and yep. due to wars, to yeah, scientists can't access uh, these areas, and that's sad. And even like, like you said, like due to wars, even in like World War Two, like yeah, we had a lot of knowledge about Spinosaurus, and then exactly like a couple bombs, just it's all gone. Yeah, like it's just gone, starting yeah. from scratch, and that's like it's very demoralizing to see. I mean, that's always sucks, but. On the flip side of that, it gives you a, a chance to re-experience discovering it, yeah. re-put it together, start from almost scratch to... Yes, that's it. due to that fact, it made it maybe a very popular uh, dinosaur, and maybe that's one of the reasons it came up in Jurassic Park 3, uh, because of that reason, because it's so mystical, so so much changing in evolution and uh, what we know about this dinosaur. And maybe it will change a few times more, but... Uh, it probably it's, will. It's uh, it's amazing how it changes, and uh, that's the way I like about it. Yeah. I mean, it's part of the reason that it is so much of a interesting dinosaur, because we went from it being like a giant lumbering yeah just solid two-legged beasts to very much so it being the idea of it being fairly aquatic with like a paddle tail to help it swim better and mm -hmm. like and you can definitely see the vast difference in the structure yeah and like definitely both forms hold like a special place to me. I mean, I, I, surprisingly, I actually like Jurassic Park 3. A lot of people don't, and I can see why. But I do as well. I agree with you. <laughs> and, and the Spinosaurus design is cool, and I like it, and it works. Yeah. But the also the scientifically accurate one, due to the actual discovery of the fossils, is like it all changes. the dinosaurs hold yeah. special places in my heart. So Definitely. I, I know what you mean. Cool yeah, I get you. Yeah. I mean, you're absolutely right. It, it changed, uh, changed, uh, but that's due to the scientific research that has been done uh, recently, and maybe it will change a little bit more in the future, and uh, as well with other dinosaurs. So um, I think that's why those, uh, as you said before, those uh, less common or less known dinosaurs, that's why it's so important to put them in the picture and have the eye on them. So, I mean, 
like even like Tarbu Source is getting some more. Yeah, absolutely. Because to my opinion, also the way uh, your podcast works, what is, it will, what is the Tarbu um, Source? Sorry, yes, it will put your podcast by example. It will put uh, young people as well um, um, on the right track to discover and to to find uh, their way in the science of paleontology. So, I think that's a good uh, way to introduce them with with all kinds of dinosaurs and not only with T. Rex and and and, and the most common stuff. So, uh, yeah, it's a good thing. Yeah, because. Don't get me wrong. I love looking at the bones. I could look at, like right here, one of my, fa- one of my favorite things that I got from fossil crates is like mm-hmm. a Spinosaurus yeah. finger claw. And it's absolutely amazing to look at, amazing to have, amazing to hold. And it's really well made. So shout mm-hmm. out to you guys, fossil crates. I got an interview with them coming up too. Ah, so, nice. It's it's a pity that I think they don't ship to Belgium. So because I've been looking on their website as well. <laughs> I I don't. I would have to ask him about that. I wouldn't mm-hmm. really know that. But it's so cool to look at as like an individual artifact. But also just looking at it like that is kind of like at the end of the day, it's like it's a bone. Looking at it as just a bone makes it like eh. yeah. But looking at it from the eyes of this thing came from Spinosaurus aegypticus. It makes up this claw on the hand and it could have used it for this and hunting and scratching off bark because it was possibly trees or some weird new idea or for latching onto the side of mountains. Just random, just thinking about the possibilities of what it could have used it for and how it played a role on the actual dinosaur itself is what makes mm-hmm. it so special. Because yeah. most bones and dinosaurs, there's probably like one dinosaur with like two or three bones that are just like, wait, why did it have these? I mean, mm-hmm. whales are like that too. They got, yeah. they still got like bones where their back legs used to be because they used to be on land. And it's like, well, those are mm-hmm. pointless. Those they will probably evolve to not have that at all anymore eventually yeah and i mean just looking at that like you look at that and you're like oh well it's just a weird bone in a whale but it also tells you the history of whales and that they used to have four legs they used to be smaller they used to be on land and they went back into the ocean and got huge and they lost their back legs and just yeah every every fossil tells us a story and uh the the science uh, the the paleontologists would rediscover those stories behind those fossils and uh, that's what makes it so uh, maybe mystical mysterious uh, but also so so popular I think because when you by example your claw when you take it out and you show it on um, some children they will all be like wow what's that you know. And we, when you tell a story about dinosaurs, they will all be like, wow. And not only children, um, even even grown-ups. I mean, yeah, <laughs> when I, mean, I show my fossil collection to, to my parents or to, to my friends that come up, they don't have anything with fossils in particular. But when they come in and they, they see all the fossils I have around me here, so they're like, wow, how did you get that? Where does it come from? Because, I mean... Yeah. 
even with me, like my my family isn't as into dinosaurs, but they're also not just like they know that they're a thing. And whenever I got the Apatosaurus skull that I keep calling mm-hmm. a Diplodocus skull, and I realize that now, and it's like, mm, yeah, mutual dumb, but <laughs> it's like I see that, and I show it to them. Even they're just like, this thing is really cool. You should yeah. talk about it. You should mm-hmm. tell people what you're using it for, and. Yeah. It's that's part of it. That's why these creatures are so interesting. Because if you, I mean, even down to like the individual level, like, I don't know, if this was like a real one, I could be like, oh, well, you can see that this tooth was chipped away because it hit part of the bark of the tree and it broke and it was rotten or something. Even on that individual level, it, it holds like a whole story. But on top of it, you find just the tooth or just the claw or the femur you're like how does this affect the entire dinosaur and could Mm -hmm. i link it to other dinosaurs because i mean there are more than one type of species of ceratopsian this is fairly well known i mean you got like pentaceratops triceratops you got styracosaurus pachyrhinus and they they all evolve to have they all have very different head structures, but the yes, body is relatively similar. Mm-hmm. So looking at that, you look at the head and you look at the body on how it changed and you can figure out what was going on in the ecosystem. Why did it evolve to have a head like this instead of all of them looking like one specific type? And yeah. That alone holds a story in itself. Absolutely. Um yeah, when I was a kid, I was always wondering what it would be like to to go back in time and to live among the dinosaurs. I don't think that was a good idea, but uh, no, I've always been, yeah, fantasizing about that. How would life be? How would uh... a Jurassic Park with good security? <laughs> well, yeah, but maybe we're too much thinking about Jurassic Park. After every corner, there's danger. When you look at, by example, Africa, yes, there are lions, but they're not always on the hunt. Huh? And I guess with T-Rex and other um, yeah, carnivorous dinosaurs, it probably was the same. And, that was so, actually like... and like the beaches, the, the yeah, we're, now we're talking about, by example, um, yeah, the, the, the Mosasaurus in North Africa, Spinosaurus Aegypticus from Morocco, from uh, Egypt. We're talking about borders and laws about these fossils. And it's very often a very gray zone of, uh, of having fossils of a certain species. But um, on the other hand, well, the, the world was such a different place. Uh, there were no borders as we know them today. So, yeah, I would I mean, love to, to see, uh, to be a little fly and go around uh, and see how it, uh, it was uh, those times. I mean, like you said, I mean, even in Jurassic Park, they're kind of seen as more monstrous. But yeah, the actual likelihood of like a T-Rex actively hunting a human like an individual human it probably wouldn't like i was doing research on this it probably wouldn't happen 
mm-hmm. because like a single human wouldn't provide enough like nutrients to sustain yeah. itself. So it'd be exactly. burning more energy than it would be able to gain. I guess that uh, has effect. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. I mean, it's why humans don't actively hunt like rats and mice for food. Yeah. Because it's not worth <laughs> maybe it. in certain countries, but <laughs> usually they don't. Exactly. I mean, I know usually they mean. don't. That's why we farm things like yes. cow and chickens and pigs. Because yeah. of course they can actually sustain sustain the energy to keep making them and breeding them and turning them into food because it's actually a stable energy source, which is yeah. why T Rex probably if it did hunted Parasaurolophus and Triceratops and mm-hmm. I'm sure if it did find like a small dead dinosaur, it would just be like, oh, well, I guess it's a snack. I mean, yeah, I think that I've been thinking about that after some podcasts and, uh, and talking to paleontologists as well. Um, well, I'm, I'm very curious about, by example, now we're talking about T-Rex, um, but all most of the, the big predators, um, I think scavenging was quite common. I mean, because imagine um, big dinosaurs as we're talking not even about the, the sauropods, but um, just talk about um, uh, the hadrosaurs or the um, ceratopsians. If one of those died or more in a certain place, it was just easier to, to eat those because there's a lot of meat and probably didn't rot for over a long time because there's so much meat on it. I mean, but I don't know about that, of course, because I haven't been living during those times. But uh, I've been thinking about it. Was, I, yeah, I'm. I'm definitely on that. They were both scavengers and hunters. I mean, yeah. If it had to hunt, well, huh? if it had to hunt, it would just kill whatever it needs to kill and eat that. But yeah. if it came across like a T-Rex came across a dead Parasaurolophus, it's not going to be like. Oh, I need I need to hunt down a, another one. Not that dinosaurs can speak, but as you said before, you always look to the most easiest uh, way of feeding and the less of risk of uh, getting injured yourself. So, yeah, and yeah, I mean, even technically, if you want to think about it, humans are kind of like that too. Every time you want like a steak or a burger, you don't go out and kill a cow and make it yourself. You just yeah. go to the store and buy one that's already been killed, and mm-hmm. it's just the easy. I mean, I would I wouldn't see why they would be different because you're starving and you see a dead animal, you're like, I'm going to eat that. I don't have to yeah. hunt if I don't have to. Yeah, I think that was quite common uh, with those big dinosaurs, like the smaller dinosaurs probably as well, but. Uh, when I think of, by example, a micro raptor, um, they were going for small prey as well. So, yeah. And they probably had to hunt maybe more than the big ones. I, I'm not certain about that, but uh, that's what I have in mind. Uh, because, no, it's, yeah, there were two different types of predators the big ones and smaller ones, you know? You brought up micro raptor, one of the most famous. Thanks to Jurassic Park, uh, little scavengers is the Compsognathus, the Compi. Yeah, Compis, yeah. And, I mean, I'm sure if they were like, oh, there's a bunch of insects here, I'm going to eat these. Mm -hmm. But I'm also sure that if they came across a giant dead 
whatever. Mm-hmm. Possibly even T-Rex, Triceratops. Yeah, they would have done the same thing. Whatever's yeah. around. I mean, they're going to be like, we're going to pick some meat off of this and just yeah. go. Yeah, exactly. And I'm also sure that cannibalism was probably a thing for dinosaurs. Yeah, probably. Yeah, the, there have been found bones uh, that have been bitten t-rex by t-rex but uh yeah the question is where they why what what were the exact circumstances and that's always difficult to to do that's that's i love to to fantasize about these things because it's uh, very mystical very mysterious and uh, you'd like to to have an uh, an accurate um, way of looking at the way life was that day but in the end, that's the real thing. That's about that's for the paleontologists, you know. That's uh, they will discover all those small things by studying the bones and and and, and that stuff. But by example, a lot of my collection, um, not always, but but I love to share that with uh, public with with not keeping that only for me. The, the the passion is about talking about them and and showing them to people and. Um, also to scientists if they have to they can always come to me and say can I have a look at that and can I have a a better look and take that to the museum and then check on that yes they can I'm I'm, I'm happy to share with them and then to to discover more about lifestyle of dinosaurs so I mean even like I'm sure there are people who keep specimens from the public and that always sucks because it's like you're you're hoarding this thing that we could use to yeah further our knowledge on it but i mean you figure out a lot and you don't really know what you're going on so all we really have is theories there's very few indefinite answers like of course if you find a T-Rex fighting a Parasaurolophus, you're not going to be like, was the Parasaurolophus hunting the T-Rex? You're going to be like, okay, well, it was probably, yeah. the T-Rex was probably hunting that. It was probably hungry and it was hunting for food. Mm-hmm. But like you said, if you find a T-Rex fighting a T-Rex, it could be for many things. Maybe there was nothing around mm-hmm. and they had to resort to cannibalism. Maybe it was territory. Maybe it was... Yeah, but, but even by example... Mating, um, they've been founding snow biting as well, um, on by example, mosasaurs, but um, maybe also with uh, with T Rex. Now we're talking again about T Rex, but yeah, it might be as well the case. Uh, and I guess uh, with bigger animals, that's that often is the case, huh? definitely T Rex because they had just uh, their the small uh, hands, they did they, they were not able to use them to hold on, you know, <laughs> yeah, I mean. That's why they evolved to have such powerful jaws, and that's why they have exactly so yeah. such a powerful bite force. Is because yeah. unlike something like Allosaurus or even Spinosaurus, where it could like grab at its prey or something, it it couldn't do that without being like here. That's not that's not safe at all. Or yeah, and so, now you bring that up just to see to show you the the difference between some teeth like. A, the, this is, I don't know if you can see that. This is a, a smart 
um, a small um, part of the Cachodontosaurus from North Africa. This tooth was found together with the part of the jaw and was put back in. Isn't very, uh, but, but as you can see, it's very thin, you know, it's, it's sliced. It's, uh, it's also in the name uh, of Cachodontosaurus, which means like sharp tooth, like, uh, like in a sharp tooth, you know, very. And when you look at this small Tyrannosaurus Rex, Premax, it's quite different. It's it's chunky, like most of the T-Rex teeth. And yeah, they, they were built differently. And uh, yeah, <laughs> they hunted or scavenged differently. They had an all different territories. Yeah. And you can... Like, sorry, yes. You can definitely see the difference in like the type of tooth for what it was used for. So, yeah, like here I have a Spinosaurus tooth, mm -hmm. a Camarasaurus tooth, and like yeah, a shark. Definitely. You can see that the Camarasaurus tooth was definitely a lot more rounded for grinding mm -hmm. away at plants. Exactly. Like yeah. a mortal pestle. Yeah. Its mouth was basically a giant mortal pestle. I mean, it just yeah. grinds away at the plants and. Spinosaurus had that rounded, rounded yeah, pointy, pointy teeth, <laughs> but it was also pointed. Yeah, and that was since it didn't really have to like bite and hang on; it just pierced right in and picked it up yeah. out of the water. So, because yeah, fish, sharks, those things, yeah, they were built differently. Yeah, and lived in different areas. Yeah. I mean, and for those of you who can't see that spinosaurus tooth i do have a bigger model one it is has like a slight serration to it and that is because yeah. the fish will struggle but yeah definitely it looks more like like a like a pencil kind of and yeah exactly i i once had like a big tooth like that very original with uh with the roof and all intact and um yeah, that was a very good one. And when you looked at it, it was like chunky as well, but pointy. And it had that little serrations uh, on, on one side. Um, so, yeah, it was clearly uh, a meat eater, but like more uh, fish, like a little bit like a crocodile, you know? I mean, I'm glad you brought that up because we can look at modern croc crocs and they do have that serration, yeah. but it's more like... Like, if I were to cut something with a pencil, I wouldn't, like, slash at it. I yeah, that's just, like, stabbing. Mm -hmm. And crocodiles are the same way. They bite into their prey and then just basically, like, jerk its head and roll or roll and just rip yeah. it off. I mean, they don't bite and pull. Yeah. They don't, they don't shred. Mm -hmm. And that is definitely, like, affects how it was made and or how it's... Affected mm -hmm. in like with Smilodon here, you can see that the serration yeah. is a lot more for biting and then kind of ripping and tearing. Exactly, and that one, by example, the Smilodon. Uh, when I look at fossils or at your uh, replica, um, it is more like it's like the Giganotosaurus or like uh, 
the Carcadontosaurus of North, North Africa. It's a bit of the same thing here. Mm. Dromaeosaurus is the same way. I mean, yeah, exactly. You can see that, of course, these aren't sharpened because they're a replica, but it, it's got the serration and the point. It's got the part that will enter and then yeah. like, just tear away. I mean, yeah, that was really for ripping uh, down the flesh, yes. So, and it's funny because you can you can use like two items to talk about the different types of teeth: a pencil and a knife. So yeah, exactly, a carnivore tooth is like a knife; it stabs in, and you cut with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. While uh, uh, fiscal or fiscal or however you yeah yeah but yeah yeah more <laughs> like the end of a pencil; it just jolts in, and then you. Kind of terrible. Yeah, just puncturing and and, and and yeah, exactly. That's you know that's uh, but that's another topic. But uh, it's, it's related. Um, that's what I love about the mosasaurus, one of my favorite animals, uh, prehistoric uh, life as well. Um, they were very vicious creatures. Um, <laughs> hard to say any kind words about these animals, but they were very successful in their time and. They lived all over the place, from the United States to, to Africa, and even here in Belgium. I live just near the borders with uh, uh, Holland, so the Netherlands. Uh, just a few miles back, um, the river, Mas, uh, the, the Maas, as we call it, there has been found the first Mosasaurus. And um, that's one of the reasons I went to the museum with my father, uh, when I was a kid uh, in Maastricht, and we've been looking to to the, the what they call the, the first of the mosasaurs, the one of the first um, big mosasaurs they found there was called bear. <laughs> they called it bear, and it was like uh, I, I don't know what the exact size is, but uh, I think it's about ten meters, and the skull, wow. like the the the, the teeth, huh? because we're we're talking about the teeth. The teeth of these animals were really made to puncture the, the yeah, the big uh, turtles, sea turtles, you know, but also the ammonites. And as I learned during time more about mosasaurs, they were so adapted. You had small ones, you had big ones, you had like giant ones, and they were all specifically adapted for some kind of. Yeah, some kind of hunting, like shell, bigger fish, cannibalism. And yeah, that's what I love about these creatures. And I mean, I got a Mosasaurus tooth here. Ah, yeah, nice. The point, the point is... Yeah. This had very Great. powerful jaws, and it's because like, things like they had to eat things like turtles which had very yeah. dense, hard shells. And so whenever it would bite the shell, it can't just like bink. It doesn't get anything out of that. So I had to bite the shell and then break the shell and then you go. Yeah, crush it, yes. And I mean, that does affect, affect how it survived. And it's why I think most, I don't want to say most, but a lot of aquatic predators have mm -hmm. a stronger bite force than some land predators because don't get me wrong t-rex had a per very strong 
bite force, mm-hmm. but something like a megalodon with a giant tooth like that, you can tell that it needed that stronger bite force to bite into the turtle and then break the shell. Or, yeah, not only turtles, huh? even whales. I mean, imagine a big giant shark about 20 meters attacking a giant whale from below going up and hitting it. Wow. <laughs> so, I mean, you think about that and it doesn't just like, it doesn't get the luxury of like a land predator with a dead dead dinosaur just picking around the bone or mm-hmm. knocking the bone off. It, it's swimming around and this thing is floating to the bottom or the top. So it's got to eat. So it's just bites to the bone and I'm sure it could, it's stomach acids were strong enough to dissolve the bone and basically mm-hmm. just get rid of that. I mean, just gets rid of everything, gets all of the nutrients that it needs. And then it can also get rid of the bone too with its body, yeah. which is, I think where the joke that sharks can eat anything comes from. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but I love the way all, all animals uh, are adapted for some spe- specific uh, way of living. And like with the dinosaurs and like the scientists are rediscovering those stories about them. Yeah. You can definitely figure out that, like, you can see similarities between dinosaurs. No, other than, like, I don't really hear about us a lot about sauropods in the Cretaceous, which kind of confuses me because they were in the Mm -hmm. Jurassic, so... They probably just evolved into other things. And I'm sure, because one of the biggest misconceptions is the size of hadrosaurs. Hadrosaurs are actually huge. Yeah, absolutely. They are. There's several species that like, they're like, ah, T-Rex is such a massive predator. And they're like, yeah, well, that hadrosaur rivals it in size. Yeah, put put them next. uh, Yeah, put them together and uh, have a look again. (laughs) Yeah. They, They rival each other in size. And that's just like, Huh? You're telling me this giant noise-making crest-having creature has the same size as a T-Rex? Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that that always is just like something that I, I like to laugh about because they're like, ah, oh, T-Rex taking down puny Parasaurolophus. And it's like, mm-hmm. Parasaurolophus was massive, buddy. In the movies, uh, and the yeah, and by example, in the movies, it looks always so easy. And uh, Rex is like, wow, the big one, and the other ones are easy, easy prey. And maybe at a certain time, a certain point, it was also an easy prey. But um, yeah, I think we have to look at uh, maybe in another way and then put those skeletons together and see. Most people, most people don't realize how big they are, as you say. Um, as well with Triceratops. Right? Recently, uh, at the Munich Fossil Show, there was one big uh, Triceratops. Well, when you stand next to it, like you're feeling small, you know. You're like, wow, this is way bigger than I thought they could grow. I mean, like even on TV, it's kind of hard to get perspective because. Yeah. If I like the pencil is if I put them side by side, the pencil is larger. But if I do this, yeah, the fang yeah, looks yeah. Larger. Mm-hmm. absolutely. And it's all based on that perspective. And yeah, I agree. 
media showing things one way, and that does affect things. I mean, but if you like, I couldn't really like personally. I couldn't really comprehend the size of. We're going back to T Rex. The T Rex. Mm-hmm. But I went to the Denver National History Museum. Mm-hmm. You walk in, the first thing you see is this massive T-Rex. And you're like, all right, I'm going to look at its skull. All right, keep going. Keep that. Ah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're basically looking straight up at this thing to like look yeah. at its like head. And you're like, okay, now I have a proper size of this creature. These things are massive. What did they have to hunt to maintain that? And that's always just so bizarre to think about that. Like, Allosaurus was smaller than Mm T-Rex, but it was hunting sauropods. Yeah. And I recently heard about another podcast. They were talking about uh, a very strange uh, theory. Like, they suggested um, that, by example, uh, Allosaurus were like what they call flesh grazing like uh, they didn't need to to kill the sauropod but just take a few chunks out of a living animal so it could just I survive it painful but <laughs> and a, a very cruel um suggestion and way of thinking but uh, yeah i have no idea maybe this was a possibility because imagine a big giant sauropod um be pretty hard to bring down. How many outsourced did you need to successfully, yeah, bring it down? Uh, I don't know. I've, I've, I've truly no idea. So maybe that was an option. And uh, like, I also saw a study about Allosaurus that said that it ate like uh, some modern birds of prey, where it just necessarily didn't necessarily kill its prey, then eat it. It just yeah held it down ripped it apart while it was still alive and just ate whatever it needed to that's what i mean um yet again i'm i'm not that qualified to say that yes it was that way i think nobody is but uh, um it's an interesting point of view let us put it this that way so um i never thought of that before but uh yeah why not in life everything is possible i guess <laughs> i don't see why it- couldn't be so and i can also see why people get confused by that because that doesn't really sound <laughs> no natural. i agree it's, it's it's a weird it's a weird opinion it's but it's a weird uh, idea because yeah it's, it's not my idea by the way uh, it's just something i heard and you can look it up on the internet but uh I mean, it is an idea it is a possibility um although i don't think it is very likely but uh it's, it, as you say, like a group of uh, allosaurs, how did they do the, their hunting? Yeah? How did it work? In, and we I can think... look at animals today, but on the other hand, often when I hear about uh, documentaries or other podcasts, we're always looking at living animals now, but we're always comparing them with, by example, lions or jaguars or cheetahs or a herd of uh, buffaloes or yeah, name it. I mean, certain things we maybe can take as a possibility, but these are mammals. Mammals, mammals are not reptiles, not birds. So 
it's very difficult and very dangerous to to put it in perspective or, or compare those two. So yeah. I mean, one of the one of the biggest comparisons I ever see is like the top predators of the Ice Age and the top predators of the Cretaceous, the T Rex and the Smilodon. It's like they didn't even hunt similarly. Mm-hmm. They adapted to hunt differently. Yeah. The, T- T- the whole point of the T Rex was to basically brute force its prey down. Yeah. It locks his powerful jaws onto like the neck or something and just or the body or the head and it just slams yeah. into the ground and then burst uh, attacking from one corner or yeah probably Smilodon was adopted to hunt prey with yeah basically megafauna with big bulky necks that yeah. its fangs would pierce through the neck into the yeah. jugular basically cutting off air and drowning them in their own blood which is horrifying to think about and we're just like, oh, kitty. And it's yeah. like drowning things with their own blood. And it's like, uh, <laughs> I think it's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> it, <laughs> you can definitely tell that there are differences between, even in bite force. Like you look at like Carnotaurus. I have a Carnotaurus up here. I never really get to show him off because I don't ever really talk about Carnotaurus. Um, mm-hmm. You talk about Carnotaurus versus that T-Rex, and you can see the difference. You can see visual differences. Carnotaurus is probably not the best to say this with, but... No, but, but, but yes, an idea. Mm-hmm. Carnotaurus was smaller. It had a less powerful uh, bite force. Its mm-hmm. face was stubbier. It also didn't live where there was a lot of massive herbivores because it lived yeah. in like a. They think it lives in like a desert. So well, I agree. The, the 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 thing is, the point is, every animal was or is even today adapted. Um, to survive in their specific environments. And I think that is the most important conclusion of, of that specific question. Um, and we're so used to, to, to fantasize because of movies, because of books, because of uh, their size they were talking to or imagination. and. It's good, it's nice, but uh, we have to keep and stick with reality, even I sometimes. But uh, yeah, the, that's why I love to to talk with the paleontologists as well and to to listen to their podcasts and to listen to their opin- opinions. And to recently I bought some books um, about paleo art as well, just to see what they, what people or science uh, has been talking about lately and how the story of dinosaurs evolved during time. So, I mean, just evolution doesn't just happen for no reason. I guess everything happens for a reason, eh? action, reaction. So in the end, you're not going to wake up and your kid's going to have like wings or gills. It's not how evolution works. There's no reason that it would grow those. So it's not going to. Exactly. There would have to be some kind of 
change in the environment, like, oh, if the earth flooded, then maybe over millions of years, humans would get gills instead of lungs because they would be used to yeah, As you said, by example, prey is living more or easily to catch in water and you start to go more in the water and after decades and after millions of years, uh, depending on, uh, you get new adaptations and in the end, a new species or the descending species. Yeah. yeah. Uh, again, as well with fur and with uh, feathers, like <clears throat> how did they evolve? Um, probably by example, feathers never had the, or were not grown to take flight in the air. That was probably not the main reason, but uh, as well as with fur, probably it was for smaller animals during the time of the dinosaurs to live in burrows and to feel around them because everything was dark. And afterwards, yeah, it's insulation and from the one came the other. And I think um, as well with uh, like mating and reproduction, I think in that case, um, reproduction is very important. That's probably the main reason we all live or what nature has for us, I guess. I don't know, of course. It, but It's uh, like a natural instinct look, to like keep your species or, alive, basically. Yeah, so. yeah I, I guess. And I think that's the main reason. And that's what we're doing as, as, as humans as well, I guess. And yeah, we are evolving differently, but... Um, yeah, the, the reason why dinosaurs, by example, um, had feathers, maybe it was just for uh, mating, just showing off. <laughs> Very well could be. I mean, we don't, we don't know. <laughs> peacocks tend to live in, like, not necessarily cold, but fairly tropical environment. So yeah. it doesn't really need that insulation. Yeah, I've, I've heard that you're, we're talking about that as well in, in one of the other podcasts and I have been wondering yeah but by example um, uh, the Mongolian deserts like the Gobi Desert uh, where Velociraptor was found they had feathers as well and that was in that case maybe against the sun I don't know it, it's it's it's, a re it's it's it is a possibility huh? I mean I mean it's very obvious whenever there is like an evolutionary reason for something like like feathers because some dinosaurs you're like oh you see Crylophosaurus or Nanquiosaurus in Alaska you're like okay these have been fairly cold environments forever yeah insulation you get insulation but you see like a dinosaur in the desert with no with no feathers you're like okay well that's obvious mm -hmm it wouldn't need that insulation because the sun is constantly beating down on it because it lives in a desert. So that would just be overheating and baking like another. Yeah, exactly. It would have had another purpose, but you see dinosaurs in like a forest. You're like, okay, maybe they need some insulation for some of the years. Some not could be just for display. Could be. I, who knows? Yeah. Maybe. And, and also feathers came in a lot of different uh, forms. Huh? Um, by example, the psittacosaurs, uh, they were found with like parts of feathers, but they were not feathers as we know today. They were just like 
almost bins like sticking out. And for those of you who don't know what that looks like, here it is on your Instagram page. Too. Yes, there it is. <laughs> uh, the, the tail kind of curves around here. I don't know if you can actually see my cursor, but you can see that the tail kind of spent like flips around and the quills would have become. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I have a nice picture of it as well, but I think it's one of the other uh, somewhere else. Somewhere else yeah. well, that's. That's just the next post. Well, that's the, that's the, yeah, that was yeah, the most So, I mean, it, when we say feathers, most people think like, <laughs> oh, yeah. well, it looks like an eagle. Mm -hmm. But there are several different types of feathers. I mean, this thing had quills more like a porcupine than. Feathers like an eagle. Yeah. So, I mean, just saying yeah, exactly. that like, all feathers are the same, I mean, is... No, no, it's, it's just, again, evolution, and uh, probably it had some kind of reason, and probably we'll always keep guessing, unless we can find two dinosaurs together where they were displaying something <laughs> we haven't discovered yet. So I mean, that will be very hard, because... Feathers are not easy to rediscover. So, um, but it, it is possible, and it depends just on the amount and what sort of what kind of feather, I guess. And there you can see it. I just looked up a quick yeah, picture. Exactly. Yeah. Like also, even just like the face. If we ignore the back half of it, you can see that the face is. It has a beak. It has mm -hmm. a beak, not a mouth like a, like a like a. T-Rex or Carnotaurus here. Yeah, it's, it's like, out. yeah, Psittacosaurus comes also from the word like uh, um, parrot, parrot beat dinosaur. So as you can see here very well, also in the fossil, it's standing next to me here. Um, you can definitely see the beak, although it had teeth in the back. It had teeth in the yeah. back as well. I mean, but, yeah, like, like uh, Triceratops, only a <laughs> lot smaller. A lot smaller. I mean, yeah, definitely. Even some modern birds still have those molars for grinding away at things, but the yeah. big tooth is for like, well, this bird of like the most famous example of that is the finches. Is um, I was about to say Da Vinci, but that's not the right dude. Dar uh, Darwin's finches. Yeah. I mean, they all evolved. Like, maybe its beak doesn't curve because it ate berries instead of nuts, and this one eats nuts, so it needs a stronger beat to break the nut and then it has the molars in the back to chew on them i mean mm. this thing could be very similar to that i mean maybe it ate a lot and maybe it lived in an area with a high concentration of some kind of hard shell fruit thing and i guess um yeah, most likely the, the the big chance. Yeah, as you as I look at here at the, the beak of the animal, it's it's yeah, it's really made to crush uh to crush something. Yeah, like the bone covers, it's fairly solid because, like the skull is fairly uh solid. Yeah. Here, let me just. Minosaurus and Dilophosaurus, because I like those both. I don't know if you can see it uh, this way. 
turn that off. Yeah. That thing is awesome. I mean, that thing is, you just like keep that in, in the room. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and here as well, you can see the. Oh, the little model of it. Turn. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's very difficult to see on the laptop, but here you can see the. You can definitely tell that there is a difference in skull structure. Like even in like carnivores, you have Spinosaurus here. There's not as much skull and Dilophosaurus has like other holes and things in its skull that this dinosaur didn't. Mm -hmm. I mean, let me see if I can zoom in effectively. It does have those holes, but there's also like a plate of bone behind it. While other carnivores didn't really have that. And it could be because these dinosaurs needed stronger bite force instead of a more plated head. Yeah. And I do feel like since that is like the, what would you call it? The ancestor of, um, Ceratopsians that's definitely went up into the yeah. frill and out into the horns and bumps and ridges and all of yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, carnivores definitely evolved to have more instead of more bone, more muscle mm -hmm. in the head because they needed stronger bite force to latch onto these predator or uh, prey and kill them basically. If they yeah, exactly. do that. Okay. But I mean, that's also the difference between. I mean, uh, what do you call them? Uh, prey herbivores are also not to mess around with because protoceratops here, it's a tiny little protoceratops that I have. Yeah. I mean, they still got bite force enough to like. Bite through your forearm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, look at the dueling dinosaurs from uh, Mongolia. Huh? The, the Velociraptor and the, the Protoceratops—they they were entangled together. We got our own dueling dinos over here, which is Nano Tyrannus. And yes, exactly. A completely new. By the way, I'm very curious about the research of, the, of that fossil. Uh, I am too, and he invited me to the grand opening or grand unveiling. Nice. Of the museum's already very cool. So because... I'll definitely. I'll definitely take a lot of pictures of that because yeah 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 I, I understand and it's good that you left it uh, in, in in the matrix so they can do the studies that are necessary because at the moment we're, we're often talking about nano tyrannosaurus but um for science huh, putting it, uh, it it has not been recognized yet uh, as so as I talk with paleontologists, they say, no, 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 it doesn't exist. It isn't a separate species. But, but I would love to see having them more, prep and, and do research on that fossil because it is quite this, interesting. Yeah, this will basically determine whether it is its own species or if it's a juvenile T-Rex. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of a pretty big breakthrough. And mm -hmm. I should probably do an episode on Nano Tyrannus if I haven't already. I probably have and it's hidden well in i'm missing that uh yeah not only in your podcast but in a lot of podcasts i'm, I'm 
people are talking about big dinosaurs and everything, but I really like uh, talking about an Tyrannosaurus or the juvenile T-Rex because there's a lot to say pro and contra for that uh, that be called an issue. But, uh, I, mean, I think a lot of um, stuff will be cleared out when they will uh, work on, on, on the dueling dinosaurs. That there will definitely be a lot more bone exposed than meets the eyes probably because I'm assuming if they're getting it ready, that probably means that they're cleaning it off, getting rid of some of the excess dirt that doesn't need to be there being Mm -hmm. very careful to not damage it because that would really suck. And I mean, I, I do find like a special place for some of the smaller dinosaurs and one of the most interesting I Opteryx. Sorry, connection was a little bit uh, yeah. correct yeah. there. <laughs> Epidep Opteryx. Oh, yeah. It's got the four big tail feathers. It's got the, like long arms. It hunted at night. It had, hmm. uh, it just. By the way, I think you did an amazing job on your um, uh, sketchbook there. Um, it's a good thing to do. <laughs> I, mean, I, I never came to mind, but uh, I, I like it. I, I do it for half the reason of I can't personally remember half of these dinosaurs. So I can imagine, yeah. I mean, a lot of them have very strange names in a lot of episodes. I'm yeah. like, how, how do I pronounce this one? And I have this sit there for like five or ten minutes before and i'm like yeah but but that's the main reason why they used the name velociraptor in the uh, jurassic park huh? <laughs> because it's it was easy too, to pronounce instead of was, yeah it was easier i mean they also have well i guess the utah raptor was actually found after but yeah here's epidep octorix in the day nice yeah. looks awesome. fairly fairly creepy yeah, <laughs> sometimes I, only, I wonder. I could only imagine these things like really look that way because. Uh, <laughs> I mean, but I've, yeah, I like these creatures. They were smaller, but yeah, smaller, I love but their... they develop weird features. And it's... yeah, exactly. That's why I love these as well. <laughs> I mean, it, one of my one of my personal favorite pictures that I use for. Yeah. Usually Halloween is Epidep Opteryx at night just because of how creepy it, much creepier it looks. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's kind of does. When you look at the picture, it's like, mm, yeah, <laughs> that's not something you want to, to run I mean, into, even though it's yeah, smaller. But <laughs> imagine that. <laughs> it's smaller, but it still, it still doesn't mean that it's not freaky. I mean, imagine that like finding in your garden at late night. <laughs> it's a, well, uh, yeah, we're not. We're, we're burning the garden down. We're not dealing with that. <laughs> These smaller dinosaurs, like, I, how many people do you think actually know about Epidepopteryx? About not a lot. Like the people well, who discovered it. The people who discovered it, and then the people that like extensively research all of the dinosaurs. I mean, I mean. Even Microraptor in general, uh, the name is known. But, but what it looks like really is Most of the people don't know about them. And uh, 
it's good that uh, like recent documentaries uh, were talking about them as well. Them and uh, Archaeopteryx too. I've yeah. been hearing a lot more about because like Microraptor is very well known through its name, but that doesn't mean that it's known. No, exactly. It's yeah, absolutely. That's what I mean. Yeah. So like a lot of people think that it's just like a smaller Velociraptor. And it's like no, mm-hmm. I mean it is. It's very similar, but it had its own features. Yeah. That made it special. I mean, even even Velociraptor is like horribly mis like misrepresented. Yeah, absolutely. Like yeah, yeah. The first. Of course, we're three. always getting pictures from uh, Jurassic Park, Jurassic Even, World, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, in fact, it was quite small. Um, I think with the tail about two meters. It's like, like about chicken sized. As you can see, maybe in the back, I got one replica of a Velociraptor, one on one size. Sorry if the light is not that good. Uh, you still see it, but. Sadly, his tail came off, so I need to fix that. Um, I'm not the most handyman, but uh, get that fixed. But uh, it's it's quite a good one. It's uh, quite a nice replica in 3D print, but with a nice structure. <laughs> I mean, I've even got like a little Velociraptor claw here. I mean, this thing is Very tiny. Cool. They're tiny. Yeah, absolutely. Like because imagine, imagine <laughs> it was like this kind of a claw, and the animal was about two meters in length. That it's yeah, <laughs> that's almost impossible. But uh, yeah, however, it was big for its size. Yeah, I mean, and yet again, uh, as we were talking before, it has its proper reason to to uh, to kill their prey. But then. You look at something, um, because Jurassic World's like, oh, Velociraptor, fear it. At the end of the day, if it really came down to it, you could probably like kick it and it would run away. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's like most likely, (laughs) probably would would have hunted with uh, in a pack. Although never been, if I'm correct, uh, Velociraptor has not not been found in groups. Prey, but. Things like Mega Raptor, on the other hand, where the claw is absolutely like Velociraptor claw is like <laughs> it's not it's not even like in comparison. The name says it's Mega Raptor. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, that's the whole point of it. So, and you see you see that claw, and you're like, how big was the animal? Yeah, definitely. Just. I mean, I do give props to Jurassic World and Jurassic Park on bringing dinosaurs into the spotlight. They put them on the map, exactly. Yeah. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm really thankful that they did that because I agree with you. I mean, it's what got me into dinosaurs. Like, Absolutely. A lot, so. I think even I, I bet a lot of museums didn't have uh, all the opportunities they have now. It, it came just because of those movies and because of that attraction. And even though they were not always correct, um, they opened some gates to 
yeah to studies to the future to the study and yeah, to to get people young people to to inspire them to be paleontologists even though i'm not um but it made me read more books it made me go deeper into some certain subjects and, and to go around and even here in belgium by example the the guanadons that were found here uh, fairly uncommon but everybody knows i guess guanadons uh, yeah um, called like that because of they were looking like um like the big lizards like their teeth are about the same uh same form but but bigger <laughs> that's how they were uh yeah how they, they they made the design and afterwards they changed the designs so yeah everybody talked about the um evolution of spinosaurus but iguanodon changed a lot too absolutely it did as well in Belgium, it's even, even the case that uh, in the Brussels Natural History Museum, the iguanodons are still in the same position, um, like uh, kangaroo style, as you can see in the second one, like like the one of the, the, the 1960s. And now it's more like in the 20s, like uh, more the, the, the one below. And even look, just look at the... the the way they they made like the the elephant like quadrupeded uh, nose horn like they put like the the, the thumb spike they put it so on I, his nose like i guess my only question for that was like when they, if they found two of them they're like oh, i had one horn and then somebody's like yeah got another one over here they're like well benny satensis they they found like i think about 38 of them um on is surprisingly common yeah like everywhere but you know what i just talking about the, the specific species in belgium they're found um i wonder what's still out there because you know the the place where they have found these fossils there those 38 uh, iguanodons they have filled up the gap they were mining for coal they found those dinosaurs they dug them up they have put them in the museum but they closed down the the hole where the dinosaurs were. I think there is a lot more on there. there but uh, there probably no, it's, is. apparently it's now in someone's backyard. Oh, I think they have a quite a high fence now. But yeah, they're, they're probably like <laughs> people like me would go digging there. <laughs> but you have to go quite deep. <laughs> I mean, because there's not going to be an ecosystem of just iguanodons. It's going to be things that hunted mm -hmm. them. Maybe the plants that they ate, the things that hunted what hunted them, possibly. I mean, there's other herbivores that lived with them, probably. So, I mean, there's a lot going on here that mm -hmm. isn't really being portrayed. And that is something that always sucks whenever somebody, like, cuts off part of the area. And it's like, mm -hmm. there's more there. Can we get back in, please? I mean... Yeah, I think there's a lot of subjects we can talk about, and I think we could keep going about all those subjects. Uh, yeah, there, there's so many aspects of dinosaurs and fossils, uh, like every aspect of them, how they looked, what eggs they laid, uh, laid um, what kind of teeth they had, what kind of skin they had, what kind of feathers, uh, did they have lips or not? Yeah, all was... those kind of stuff, and um, yeah, I think you have uh, a lot more of uh, those 
podcast coming up with uh, very interesting people. I mean, there's a lot of information there to cover. So, absolutely. I mean, I was I was talking to somebody, and they're like, "What happens if you run out of dinosaurs?" I'm like, "I'm not going to run out of dinosaurs." <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm not. There's too many. I'm not. Yeah, exactly. There was too many, and they find. I heard they found about one each week, so uh, that's about fifty each year. And if I somehow do run out of dinosaurs, I got prehistoric mammals, I got marine reptiles, I got pterosaurs, I got plants, I got ecosystems, I got all these theories that I could start covering. Just by example, the mosasaurus, like I thought in the beginning as a kid, it's just one type of mosasaur and like one marine giant lizard. But uh, there are so many types, so different. And, and that's, yeah, it takes I mean, time. Even with t-rex people say t-rex i mean there's multiple types of t-rex too mm-hmm. there's different Absolutely. genuses that's just the species Most likely, yeah. there's several different genuses and things i mean it, it's why we're able to differ, differentiate them like carbosaurus mm-hmm. looks very similar to t-rex mm-hmm. but it's not a t-rex it's a tarbosaurus because of skull slimmer its body smaller and all these other different attributes about them. I have a little chart here somewhere talking about that. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, I don't know if you can see that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Slimmer, the body's a little smaller and slimmer. So, I mean, yeah, like I think as well, like a lot of people, when they hear Tyrannosaurus, they think, uh, oh, it's one species, but it's like Tyrannosaurus is not T-Rex, you know, it's T-Rex is, a specific, a specific uh, animal, you know, Tarbosaurus, like Albertosaurus, Spetosaurus. You have all kinds of. Uh... I mean, even with Triceratops, there's two major species. I only remember Hortus, uh, Triceratops yeah. Hortus. The other one I don't actually remember, and I feel bad because I probably should. And it's the <laughs> angle of the horns. One goes yeah. down and then up. The other one, yeah, exactly. Goes like up and then down. And they're like, well. Is it a different species based on that, or is it just a different genus? Mm. Well, I think a lot of dinosaurs, like before, uh, even scientists were like, yeah, I discovered a new species, and just uh, yeah, this is a bit different, this is a bit different. But in the end, maybe they were the same. By example, plat- the Platyasaurus, uh, they, I, I've heard they even cracked the bones to make them f- fit like they would think it would have been. Really, it, it's, it's, it's been done by science. Just to put them in a museum, make it fitting, but that's not the way it works. And in the end, they found out how it worked. And <laughs> yeah, um, I think Platyosaurus were described as about 20 different species. In the end, it was just one species, but also the other way around. Uh, sometimes there are just many different species, and you think it's just one. Uh, thinking again, uh, the 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 nanotyrannosaurus uh, is it a separate species? Is it the same as uh, T Rex? Is it just juvenile? And was it changing so rapidly in a certain time of? Uh, uh, is it not a stage? new species, but a different genus of T Rex? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like that could it be T Rex nanotyrannus? Yeah, could absolutely. That be the name. I mean, yeah. And even like uh, 
I had it earlier. Brontosaurus, the most famous example of like, a, basically the just famous example of the paleontology screw up. Mm-hmm. They put the wrong head on the wrong body. Yeah. They're they like, oh, up, up the yeah. They put like a brachiosaurus head on a diplodocus body, I think. Yeah. It's like, it's not a new species. But I, I think that's nice. That, that is a nice thing as well about science. Uh, it's not always perfectly correct, but it, it's also evolution. And we're, we're not having, um, we're not a paleontologist, but we're talking about it, thinking about it, fantasizing about it, and reading about it, um, listening to a real scientist. And uh, yeah, that's how everything gets formed, how new ideas are formed. And yeah, that's an open door to science. That's that's part of why it's studied so much. I mean, it's why are these theories and explanations come through, and it's why it's always such a big debate. And there's nothing to really base it on because mm-hmm. we don't really have an answer. We're kind of – it's all just theories. I mean – we could come in today and we're like, oh, yeah, T-Rex as we know it, completely wrong. Arms, different dinosaur. And it's like, whoa, well, this completely changes everything. I mean, Spinosaurus has been doing that forever. It went from bipedal to quadrupedal, and now they're saying that it's mostly aquatic. And it's like, mm-hmm. Why would such a famous dinosaur like Spinosaurus change, but not something like T-Rex possibly change? Yeah, absolutely. But I, I, I feel like my apologies because my laptop starts lagging a bit. Uh, I think uh, I've just left a little bit of battery. <laughs> I'm sorry to well, interrupt. <laughs> well, I mean that that probably means that it's time to start wrapping this up. I've been going for about an hour and 20 minutes so yeah it's going easier than i thought i think uh talking about dinosaurs it's, it's just the passion that comes uh quite natural <laughs> <laughs> and we're and we're only scratching the surface on what they yeah, like, talk about yeah yeah so, I mean, absolutely there's more things that go in depth than i mean there's a lot of stuff i mean even like you mentioned, these documentary series like Life on Our Planet and yeah. Prehistoric Planet and things like that. I mean, who knows? In 30 to 40 years, they could just be wrong too. Yeah, exactly. Because we look at these older like uh, documentaries like um, yeah, most of the Walking with Dinosaurs – uh, walking with beasts and swimming with reptiles and all those documentaries were like, yeah, no, those are all wrong now. We all know they're all wrong, but they still have entertainment value, and that's why they yeah, certain things are yeah, I, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, within twenty to thirty years, they could be like, yeah, T Rex don't look like that. It look like this. We have we have this model of T Rex now. It doesn't look like that in Life on Our Planet or Walking mm-hmm. with the, or Prehistoric Planet. It looked like this. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh well, this dinosaur didn't hold its head like this. It held it upright, and this dinosaur walked on two legs, not four. 
this dinosaur hopped around on one leg, not two. I mean, yeah. it, it could just be rapidly changing, and that's just how it is. So, I mean, that's part of the fun. That's part of why it's so interesting. It's yeah, basically why dinosaurs. I mean, because it's so yeah. rapidly changing that you develop new theories every day. I mean, and that's part of the fun. Yeah, absolutely. I'm on the paleontologist route, so I guess I'll stay in touch with you because. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you very much uh, for, um, yeah, having me on the show and uh, taking your time to yeah to listen to what i had to say and uh, what i'm doing as well with uh, uh, yeah what i'm doing here with the fossils and uh, my passion so thanks a lot for having me and i hope we'll stay in touch and i hope your show will be bigger and bigger and bigger in the future Absolutely. and you have some nice uh, conversations because i will keep following uh, i love the conversations and the podcast i'm definitely planning on keep following you because you post a lot of really amazing content and well from time to time i can't post everything uh in yeah mm -hmm. sometimes it takes time to find new fossils and, and, and new new stories but uh yeah <laughs> i i get the feeling i mean so but again thank you so much for coming on the show thank you i mean i'm, I'm sure you're a busy man and your laptop's dying, so you probably got to go. So I guess I'm. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> thank you for coming on and just talking with me and everybody listening. So, my pleasure. It's, it's always an honor to talk to somebody who's basically living living the dream I want, like the dream I have. So, well, it comes. Yeah, you're doing it as well with the podcast. So that's uh, another version of it, huh? It, it it has its benefits to be able to talk about what I love and not have to worry about some some things. There's a lot of stuff that you have to worry about with podcasts and things like that. And I don't really have to worry about some of those things just because I talk about dinosaurs. I mean, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's also something Thank I love very much. much. I mean, but. Again, thank you so much for coming on the show. And I'm going to stay in touch and guess I'll thank talk you. to you later. Absolutely. Thank you very much. <laughs> Bye. Bye. So that was uh, Fossils and Dinos in on there's their Instagram account. So please go check him out. He has a lot of amazing content. Oh, I forgot to ask him about. Yeah, he recently sold a Mosasaurus skull on TV. So he's posted some stuff on Instagram. Go check that out. Um, so please go check him out on Instagram while you're there. Remember to check out the Prehistoric Life podcast Instagram. That is where I post all of the reminders and exclusive talk, uh, content and talk about the interviews and things like that. Like last time... Um, we had Fossil Shack as an interview, and I posted something about them here, as you can see. So please go check 
that out too because that was an amazing interview too and uh while while you're busy checking stuff out you might as well check out the the um website too because that's the hub for everything that's where you can get to the instagram where you can get to the youtube where you can basically just listen in the app or well not app but website but that's the hub for everything that's where everything gets uploaded to if i ever start selling stuff fossils merch whatever that will all be in there too so please go check that out while you're at it and remember i'm your host eric crawford signing off i will see you all next time remember keep it prehistoric goodbye Thank you.